A Toxic Medical Mystery. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. The incident that hospitalized six medical workers, including one doctor, was so alarming to the staff at Riverside General Hospital that the emergency room was evacuated to the parking lot. It has not yet been determined what caused the emergency room workers to fall ill while treating a cancer patient who had been brought in by ambulance. On February 19, 1994, Gloria Ramirez was rushed to General Hospital in Riverside, California. Right in our backyard. A total of six people attempting to work on her either fainted, had shortness of breath, nausea, and even temporary paralysis. Whoa. We're going to be talking about what the press named the toxic lady. Now, the climate right now. Yes. And this was not obviously planned to do now for any reason. This is, we were discussing this episode a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. It was on our list and- now is when we're doing it. Now's the time, baby. So if you're ultra sensitive about hospitals or uh, not knowing what can affect who, yeah, this might not be the episode for you. God, I'm glad I ate a bunch of stew before we did this. <laughs> this is going to be a, a uh, this, is an, this is an interesting one because uh, it took place... In the early 90s, which I mm-hmm. found interesting, and it's Riverside, California. Mm-hmm. We love talking about Southern California, mm-hmm. and it's relatively recent. And really, it seems to still be officially somewhat of a mystery. I love that. Tons of conspiracy theory. Of course. What will we do without that? Yeah, I hope one of them is linked to Britney Spears' Toxic. The no. Hit. Uh, no. Okay, well, well is, uh, is scratch Britney that Spears one off. involved at all? Can we talk uh-huh. about Britney Spears' Instagram? She's all over. Well, I mean, it's, it's probably interconnected. Okay. I'm sure that maybe people that worked at this hospital must have listened to Britney Spears at some mm-hmm. point a few years later. A mere really five good. years later. Good point. So Gloria Ramirez was only 31, which is really tragic. Yeah. She had rapid heartbeat, low blood pressure. And she could hardly breathe. And when she was answering questions, it was incoherent. Mm-hmm. So what they found out or were informed is that she had late stage cervical cancer, which is oh god, uh, yeah, awful. So that's why she was, you know, her medical, you know, condition was deteriorating, and they, you know, did what they needed to do to bring her vital signs to normal, to stabilize and then sort things out. Yeah, giving her various drugs and oxygen and and, and whatever they need to do, and nothing worked. That was part of the thing. Like, okay, nothing is. Nothing is. She's not responding to anything. No, and now you know we're in. It's it's nineteen ninety four. The technology's there. The medicine is there, and I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's been developments in the last you know twenty plus years. But still, we're in a good place to be well facilitated. And Riverside's a pretty big, you know, probably you know it's called General Hospital. I mean, I'm sure it's uh, you know kind of has all bases covered. Well, Doctor Julie Gorshinsky, I'm saying that right. She applied a defibrillator, mm-hmm. and on her body it was like shiny. What? It was like a like a 
like an oily shine, like a, a layer like of a an wax? oily sh- Like she was a wax figure? Just like an oily, like there was a, you know, well, we're going to, we're going to find out what that is, okay. but she was covered in this, this oily oil. like sheen. Okay. And they noticed her breath had like a garlicky fruity odor. Ooh, like a rotting fruit kind of a thing. And the nurses placed the syringe in Ramirez's arm to get a blood sample and her blood smelled like ammonia. Oh, my God. And there were manila-colored particles in her blood. Whoa. So a lot going on. horrifying. The doctor in charge of the ER that night looked at the blood sample, and he was like, there's something not right here. Yeah, he was like, like, clearly. Yeah, this is, uh, and it wasn't, you know, originally they were like, oh, this is some kind of heart failure, but they were like, this is not, this is not that. Dr. Gorshinsky, she mm-hmm. smelled ammonia, felt dizzy. One of the attending nurses started to faint. Mm-hmm. Another nurse developed breathing problems. Oh, A third nurse passed out, and when she awoke, she was unable to move her arms or legs. What? What? So six people were unable to treat Ramirez because they were having strange symptoms to mm-hmm. what was coming out of her. Yeah. The, 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 the smells, something was being released, and that's I mean, what they were- can you think about how powerful that must have been to be in that room, to have that happen to that many medical personnel? That is horrifying. And that's where the mystery lies. Mm-hmm. So the ER was evacuated because mm-hmm. they're like, we don't know what this is. And this woman is not alive at this point. I believe, yeah, yeah, she was. She's uh, dead. Yeah. Okay. So they had to have a special team in hazmat suits. Yeah. Bring out the hazmat. So There's manila Flex in her blood. They searched the ER for poison gas, toxins, foreign mm-hmm. substance, something outside of the woman. Although when she came in and they started obviously poking and prodding and doing mm-hmm. what they're doing, that's when it started to happen. Because I'm sure that I'm assuming that these nurses and, and doctors mm-hmm. uh, experienced a lot of different things over the years. Mm-hmm. It wasn't day one, I'm sure. Yeah. So it seemed kind of unique. So they had to put the body in a sealed aluminum casket. Wow. And then the autopsy didn't happen until almost a week later. They had to have a special room yeah. in hazmat suits because they didn't know what they were dealing with. I mean, imagine the person who had to do this autopsy where you're like, what am I just, is this like people who are exposed to rate like atomic radiation where they're like, am I just doomed? Like what? Well, that's what they were trying to figure out. There was no, they don't know what, they don't know what happened. They conducted three autopsies. Who's what? What body is left after three? Well, not. I mean, it was deteriorating, so it wasn't. It was. I think that it was kind of like, let's do what we can as quick as we can. But then, yeah. when you don't know what you're dealing with, like, all right, let's go back in. Maybe you get a, yeah. a fresh set of brains or eyes to to check it out. Mm-hmm. So one occurred six days after her death, then six weeks, and then right before her burial, which is probably well, probably soon after. Yeah, and a more thorough. Autopsy happened on March 25th, more than a month after she passed away. Mm-hmm. They concluded that there were signs of Tylenol, lidocaine, codeine, and Tegan in her system, which is Tegan is an anti-nausea medication. People were like, what, what's Tegan? I was like that too. Yeah. Uh, it's an anti I was like, I love Tegan and Sarah. Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. No, Sarah. No, not what you're thinking No of. Britney Spears. Oh, no fine. Tegan and Sarah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, the way that the medication breaks down in the body is like an interesting kind of reaction. Yeah. In amines, so they break down. Amines are related to ammonia, so mm-hmm. it's ammonia related, which could explain the ammonia smell in mm-hmm. her blood sample. Mm-hmm. 
The toxicology report said that Ramirez had large amounts of... It just set on fire. The toxicology report was like, uh, They Large amounts of dimethyl sulfone in her blood and tissue, mm-hmm. which does occur naturally in the body. We have some of it uh, as it breaks down certain substances and keeps, mm-hmm. it keeps everything, the body, how the body works harmoniously. Once an item enters the body, it disappears quickly with a half-life of just three days. However, there was so much in her system, mm-hmm. it still registered three times the normal amount six weeks following her death. Wow. So there was, it, it comes and goes. She had so much that she was dead for a month and there was still more there than oh anyone would normally have. This is like a lethal combination between all these things plus cancer. Three weeks later, on April 12, 1994, the county officials announced that Ramirez died of heart failure due to the kidney failure brought on by the late-stage cervical cancer. Ramirez was diagnosed with cancer six weeks before her death, so Mm -hmm. pretty aggressive. Pretty quick, quick, yeah. The unusual substances in her blood were too low to explain her death, even though there were elevated levels of ammonia and dimethyl sulfone in her body. It took the county officials two months to release the body for a proper funeral because of the toxicity levels and fears people would faint or pass out. So they were like, we can't. You know, yeah, it's we were doing this with special rooms and hazmat suits yeah. and, and you metal can't just caskets. Put a body out for people to be exposed to. So her family was like, "What is? Yeah, uh, like, what is going? What on? is happening? Yeah." Um, her sister blamed the conditions at the hospital for her death, and mm-hmm. I think the hospital had been known to maybe not have an A rating. Mm. You know. So there was a little bit of that, not to say that that was the case, but it was something that- had a you know, reputation for not being the, the yes. best. Got it. Uh, they had you know violations in the past, mm-hmm. but there was nothing in the investigation that pointed to the conditions, uh, the hospital, at being at fault. Oh, boy. Here so why go. don't we take a tiny little break, because then we're going to get into what probably happened, and then some. Ooh, okay. So we're going to, you know- it's we're going to find out what happened to Dr. Julie too. Oh, Dr. Julie, you did your best. Today's episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a puzzle game that you can play right on your phone. It's really cool. You go through all these levels, solving challenging puzzles that actually engage your brain. But at the same time, it's casual. It's fun. It's pretty addicting. It is unique and exciting. It's an experience unlike any other puzzle game out there. It updates the game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old. Best Fiends does not require the internet. I play it everywhere. I play it at work when I'm not supposed to. I play it when I'm taking the metro. Nothing works down there except for Best Fiends. They're updating levels all of the time. It's just a great way to pass the time and be mentally stimulated. I'm on level 178 and my wife Michelle is on like 540. So I have some work to do to catch up to her. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. We also want to thank Blue Microphone. Yeah. Every every episode we've done has been on a Blue Microphone. Every one. And we are right now using the Yeti caster. That's great. It does everything for us. We we you know had a a, a blue mm-hmm. uh, blue Yeti, and we just used that as on a stand. And it was great. It was but awesome. Yeah. This has this is amazing. It's got Yeti USB microphone. It's got the Compass Premium microphone boom arm. Ooh, that's what that's called. That's what that's called. Yeah, I love it. 
and the Radius 3 custom shock mount. Because we're always banging around on this thing. You know, we don't know what we're going to do. We, we need can, a mic that can keep up. Yeah. And if you go to bluedesigns.com, you can check it out. they got tons of microphones for podcasting, music, beyond. But if you're a podcaster, mm-hmm. this literally has everything. It just, it's great. It yeah. has everything you need. And what's been great about, you know, we had the, the blue microphone, but... You know, we have one on with the arm and the shock mount is that mm-hmm. it gives us space under it, mm-hmm. laptops and papers and, and chips, everything. yeah, chips and uh, food, fried chicken and, yeah, yeah. and tons everything of food. we need, everything we, we need for a podcast. The mic is holding its ground while we live our lives yeah. and create art, genius and art. We've been using; they've always been a huge supporter. We've done every single episode, yeah, and uh, bluedesigns.com. Thank you for uh, continuing to support us and yeah, making our voices you. make our voices sound. We love you and so we nice. need you. Yeah, we also have a new ghost mayor. Yeah, pew pew. Three pew. ghost mayors. Got another mayor in town. Is it's a is crowded there, city? Maybe too many but, mayors but, but, or not no, enough? No, not enough mayors. Also, we have a growing population. Mm-hmm. So we need more corrupt government officials. We do, always. So when things go wrong, you know the first person I want to blame is? Our newest ghost mayor, Barrett Brown. Barrett Brown, I like your alliteration name. And uh, I followed up with Barrett because this was just today. Yeah. And I said, hey, is there anything you want me to mention? Hasn't gotten back to me yet, but Mm -hmm. uh, when Barrett does, we will share any any messages. But also Brandon Gaddis and Chris Witt. Thank Still you. rocking with us. Oh my God. We're so happy. Yeah. We need, this town needs policing. Yeah. So and I we think have, you guys are just the people to do it. And listen, everyone loves talking about politics. Mm-hmm. Everyone. And everyone gets along and agrees. I know. It's so, like, what more is there to say? So when things go wrong, we will just pass the buck to Barrett Brown, Brandon Gaddis, and Chris Witt. Ugh. And you know. The Holy Trinity. Yeah. Of ghost They're mayors. probably going to be like, oh, let's just pin it on, let's pin it on Barrett. Let's mm-hmm. pin it on Barrett. Yeah. You can fight amongst yourselves. Yeah. We also got a nice, another nice message on Apple Podcast. People are really coming through for us because sometimes we take a bit of a, a bit of a hit. Mm-hmm. This one is from Blue Augene, B L E A U G E N E. I'm into it. <gasps> to be completely honest, I started this podcast once and I just wasn't feeling it. Hmm. That's okay. Be honest. Yeah, that's like Rebecca. That's every, me. Every, every day I go every, on. Yeah, every time. Yeah, so it's. <laughs> Uh, then I gave it another try, and I can't stop listening, you guys. It's vibes. also like every date I go on. Give it a try. I can't stop listening? <laughs> yes. Do a lot of listening on the dates? <laughs> a lot of good listeners. Oh, great. It sounds like fun. <laughs> you guys vibe so well, and your humor is spot on with mine. The topics, delivery, humor, the convos. And two a week? You can't beat it. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah, baby! Yeah. Also love the way you pitch your patreon.com slash ghost town pod. <laughs> oh for bonus episodes? Whoa. She even I, like that. I, I, I Listen, I don't want to say it. I hate <laughs> saying it. But I had to. It's in here. It's in. I would not be honest. Says, also love the way you pitch your Patreon. LOL. Patreon.com slash ghost town pod. That's so crazy. Yeah. I'm just trying to read. Give I an honest it. reading of this review. 
hate for promotional purposes. It's not your. It's not on you. I hate it's saying, actually it, on her. but it really helps because we're going to be traveling soon, mm-hmm. and we've gotten a little more detail. Mm-hmm. I think maybe like next week we'll talk about where we're going to be and stuff yeah, like that because good. we're starting to plan uh, all the stuff and, yeah. and and stuff like that. So the, that's you know the Patreon helps with various things and True. Uh, you know some. Like tiny local travel expenses and mm-hmm. other. You want to see us out of my living room? Yeah, don't you? yeah. Come on, okay. do Let's it. Make it happen. Let's make it happen together. All right. So before we completely flatline, um, we are going to get back into it. Yes. That oily sheen we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Not coconut oil. No, it's DMSO or dimethyl sulfone, which is a very questionable controversial substance that you know you know those things that are like very like oh this helps with this and everyone used it and then you realize mm-hmm. like maybe not so good for you yeah especially it's, it's like devil's food cookies snackwell's devil's food cookies yeah they make you thin yeah they make you thin they're really delicious and totally good for you jamba juice not any of those things yes. jamba juice yeah. a big tub of sh- sugar jamba yeah. juice makes oh. you healthy huh. and live forever great so she was covered head to toe in it because it was known to be a cancer fighter, but it's in that way of like, it's not even really new agey. It's just su- in the like supplemental world. I'm like elixir. Oh, so she put it on herself. She put it on herself. You can still buy it now. And I don't know if it's the different dosages or what, how much in there, but I think she had one that was like a pretty intense because there's certain things where you're like, to sell it, you can only have it at this. Yeah. How much? That's so sad. It and the like, rest of it might be, uh, you know, with, with aloe or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and it was labeled a toxic substance in 1965. Whoa. And in 1965, it was like smoking is great. Yeah. They're like so absolutely. much fun. Drink at breakfast. <laughs> do <laughs> for it. sure. So yeah. for for in 1965, it's like you do not touch that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be bad. Yeah. And it was. You know, it was, a, it was one of those cure-alls in the early 1960s. You know, this early, this was not even that people found out in 1965 mm-hmm. that it could relieve pain, reduce anxiety. Athletes would rub it on their skin to relieve aches and muscles. And mm-hmm. perhaps in these small dosages, but I think she, as because she knew she was sick, it was probably a very high dosage of it and all, literally always on your skin. Yeah. And that is so sad. It's sad because it's like her last effort to try to get rid of the cancer. And it's all you really can do. So I don't really, you know, can't blame her for it. Yeah. There's a study in mice that showed that DMSO can ruin your eyesight. So oh, God, there, that fad of DMSO is kind of an old thing. You can still buy it now. I looked it up and I looked at reviews and people still seem to, but I don't know. I think it's got like rose hips, rose water. Mm. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's it's, nice. It might be like a very small amount of it in there. I don't know if that if that's changed. Dimethyl sulfone is a reaction product of dimethyl sulfoxide, mm-hmm. a solvent sometimes used by cancer patients as a, a home pain remedy, but DMSO or DMSO2 is dangerous. While reading up on the subject of Livermore, scientists came across a related chemical, dimethyl sulfate, which is DMSO4. Mm-hmm. They're all the same. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't know the science, but it, it could be a very powerful poison gas. So a version yeah. of it 
and it could have caused nearly every symptom suffered by the Riverside ER staff. And gotcha. you got to imagine if she was putting that on mm-hmm. for six weeks, plus all, you know, she was taking a lot of different things to, to deal with her symptoms. The Livermore scientists have this hypothesis. This is not the conspiracy theory part. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to that. That's very interesting. Ramirez doses herself with DMSO. Due to urinary blockage, this stuff builds up in her bloodstream. Number two, oxygen administered by the paramedics converts the DMSO into her blood to a high concentration of DMSO2. Mm-hmm. Number three, when the DMSO2-laden blood is drawn out in the syringe and cools to room temperature, crystals form, and they confirm this by experimentation. Mm-hmm. Number four, DMSO2 is converted to DMSO4 by an unknown me- uh, mechanism, Ugh. the defib- defibrillator. Yeah. They don't know. It's like a a cocktail of yeah. who knows because like bad it's a very, happening. it's a unique cocktail mm-hmm. and that the DMSO4 just evaporates without a trace. God. So Dr. Julie, she ended up suing the hospital because of what happened to her. Oh no. Yeah. So she ended up being hospitalized for two weeks with breathing problems Muscle spasms, pancreatitis, Whoa. and avascular necrosis of the knees. Knee rot wow. is the term they use. Knee rot. I don't understand. She's a th- a, like in her 30s, early how 30s. Did this ha- how, how, I want to know how long she was exposed to this woman's body. Minutes, seconds, hour. Mm. So she got it the worst. Uh, she believes that the bone destruction was a direct result of whatever toxins she unwittingly inhaled that night because she had no existing conditions that could explain what afflicted her. Oh, poor Dr. Julie. Yes. She was just trying to get some answers, you know? Now, there's another theory. Okay. I don't know if this is still around. The Los Angeles Weekly New Times. Is the New Times still around? I don't think so. Okay. Well, they, they had a possible alternative explanation. The hospital where the incident occurred may have been the site of a secret lab used to illegally manufacture the drug meth. Oh, that's why this newspaper's not around. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what the meth yeah, situation is reporting. in the early 90s in Riverside. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably high. Probably high. Yeah. This is also, this is OJ era, too. Yeah. This is, a lot's been going so, on in you LA. Think this is OJ's fault? Uh... Second theory. Okay. We'll go on. We'll, 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 we'll put a pin in that one. Oh, God. In stories appearing on the May 15th to the 21st and September 11th to the 17th, 1997 issues, staff writer Susan Goldsmith reports that meth chemicals may have been smuggled out of the hospital in IV bags. What? One of which was inadvertently hooked up to Gloria Ramirez. Oh, my God. What else could this woman's body handle? This triggered the round of nausea, headache, and other systems that... You know, took out six nurses and doctors. Jeez. Those smells and symptoms are classic to meth fume exposure. A forensic chemic, a chemist who analyzes drug lab materials is quoted saying, meth manufacturing is said to be big business in Riverside County mm-hmm. and other counties. Let's just not, you know. General Hospital, baby. And authorities have shut down more than a thousand meth labs since the late 80s, probably more at this point, mm-hmm. and many more that remain undetected. So... Maybe it was the, the a mix them up with the you know yeah, so they were smuggling meth out here, of this this gross hospital. Here's something: the person that thought they were getting meth was just getting some saline. 
So they were like, probably what? very, very, I'm very disappointed. I'm just so hydrated right now. Yeah, I just don't understand. My electrolytes are like, <laughs> I want to thank all oh, that's interesting, Straight Dope, Discovery, Reddit, and the LA Times, and I guess the New Times. And the New Times. Maybe we're single-handedly bringing that back. I don't know if that's a good idea or Ooh. not. Ooh. Head to Riverside. I need a job, so let's do it. <laughs> 